This is the Yahoo Finance Sportsbook Podcast. Okay, welcome back to Sportsbook. Thanks for joining us. As you know, if you are one of our loyal listeners, all summer, off and on, we've been talking about golf. It was once called the sport of business. These days you could debate and say its stature has fallen. But something has happened in pro golf that has helped golf surge back to the fore, you might say. No pun intended with four. And that happening is the return of Tiger Woods. Tiger, Tiger Woods, y'all. We've talked about Tiger a fair number of times, but in the past it was always, well, is he really back? Oh, no, no. Oh, he played in one tournament and then he was injured again. Or, oh, his back is injured. Well, he, he came back and, oh, he missed the cut. Oh, no good. And yet, here we are, and we have a different story to tell. Over the weekend was the British Open, more formally called the Open Championship. Tiger is back, I think it's fair to say. He didn't just compete. He was up there on Sunday at the top of the leaderboard. He could have won it. Who better to discuss the effect of Tiger's return on pro golf and on the larger macro business of golf than at Miles Udland? Hey, Miles. There's no one better than me, Dan, in <laughs> fact. Miles, our golf guy. Hashtag golf guy. Hashtag golf guy. Trademark, little registered trademark we should, symbol. We should do that. We, have not, we have not done that yet. We so. should just call the podcast Golf Guys. We should. But there we need go. to make clear it's about business, too. Tell, tell, Money. The, tell the sales team. Money Golf Guys. <laughs> Uh, well, let's do it this way. Give me your rapid reacts. Yeah, sure. Uh, it's Monday morning as we record this. Your rapid reaction to the tourney, Tiger's performance, mm-hmm. the result. I think it's. I think you're right. He is back, and I think uh, that shot. If for those of you who watched the tournament, I'm assuming everyone who's listening to this watched some or most of the coverage on Sunday, at least, if not. Uh, a lot more. I hardly worked on Thursday and Friday because it was, of course, uh, happening during the day. Now, so see, that's funny. Quick, quick interlude. Yeah. That's funny because I feel like even people who do care, they don't necessarily watch Thursday and Friday. You know, I, I watch all four majors now every year, but I don't really start actually watching. I'm certainly tracking right. here and there casually, but I don't start watching until Saturday because I'm at work Thursday and Friday. Um, based on my own uh, habits, I actually think I watch more during Thursday and Friday because oh. I'm at work, and so it's just like I don't want to work. I'll just watch uh, <laughs> golf instead. And I watch less on Saturday because on mm. Saturday, things sort of shake out. You figure out where it's going to go. Um, and then Sunday, you know who the main players are. Anyway, uh, yeah, I think Tiger is back. If you go back, uh, for those of you who were watching, there was that shot on 10. He hit it into the pot bunker on the fairway. You get up there, you're looking at it. He was 150 yards out from the green, I believe. And he had, oh, let's call it six or eight feet in front of him, big lip with the pot bunkers, as you know, at, uh, at Carnoustie and at all these links courses. And he takes a pitching wedge, and he goes at it full bore. Yeah. He gets that thing. It <laughs> clears the lip. It goes flying in the air. He's downwind, and he does that leg kick, that back leg kick, and he comes <laughs> bounding out of the pot bunker, and the ball lands... I don't know, 10, 20 feet from the hole. But it was just one of those shots where you were like, oh, my God, Tiger Woods is back playing golf at the highest level. And, yeah, he then went on and made double the next hole, then a bogey. And the wheels kind of came off. I thought he made a really poor decision on 11 to to, to play for the flop shot there. I mean, he he hit the bad drive. And then, well, right, he got cocky cocky on the second shot by even trying to – you know, get as much out of the out of the um, the fescue as he could, which led him <clears throat> to kind of go long and left, 
leaving him which with what should have been a worse shot. Remember, it hit the fan mm-hmm. and ended up in that little... And then he signed um, the fan an autograph. Right, he gave the fan a, a golf glove. But I thought that was way too aggressive a play. He got bailed out by the fan, then tries to get cute instead of just bumping it up, taking his bogey, or even maybe even saving par at that point. Instead, he ends up with double, um, and that was kind of it for the tournament. But I think the way that he played... Um, you know, typical championship golf where you're pretty conservative the first couple of days. You're just trying to make sure you make the cut, make sure you have a chance. Shoot 66 on Saturday, really being aggressive with the conditions, hit the driver well, stayed in play the whole day. And then on Sunday, I mean, he was in the outright lead at 7-under, and boy, was is that exciting. Seeing Tiger yes. Woods' name alone atop of a that leaderboard. That's amazing. Um, you know, the, the golf community, <clears throat> of course, reminding everyone, today that Molinari was a worthy champion. I don't disagree with that, but obviously no one cares about Francesco Molinari. Right, so I was going to ask you that uh, next. <laughs> no no one it, cares about that. Is it fair and not too mean to say that considering for a good couple hours we had Woods, McElroy, Spieth all up there in the mix, and then in the end it's Francesco Molinari or Shoffley. Right. It was a little like, wah, wah. Well, I mean, the problem with golf is... Um, I think, oh, where I, to begin? But. Well, no. Well, I was gonna say just like the problem with golf when you're building your narratives as a network is uh, the the golf based argument, which I think is like, oh, who's playing the best this week, or who the best golfer is, or we should reward the guy who's playing best. Um, I mean, yeah, that that person is is obviously gonna win the tournament, but people don't get excited about watching the best golfer. Right. They just want to watch Tiger Woods and, to a lesser extent, Rory McIlroy. Right. Um, I'd say they probably want to watch Jordan Spieth more than they want to watch Rory McIlroy. But, you know, those are maybe the three names that sort of move Phil. the needle a little bit. Phil definitely moves the needle because he's a contemporary of Tiger. I mean, I, I would venture that more people would care about watching Vijay Singh than Dustin Johnson because they remember Vijay Singh when he used to battle Tiger Woods. Totally. So, or even... Uh, um, Who's the one? Ernie Els. No, but who's the one? He doesn't seem to. Oh, Rocco Mediate. Oh right, yeah. People, some people. Anyone who him. is famous yeah. because of his connection to Tiger. Yeah, David Duvall. Like, right? <laughs> like these are names that people remember because of Tiger. Sergio because so, of their feud. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And um, so yeah, like no one was going to be excited about a Shoffley or Molinari win. And uh, if you read Golf.com today, you'll get the whole rundown of how oh Molinari's been playing so well, and he's going to be on the Ryder Cup team, and that's exciting. And you know Shoffley's a great young player. I mean, he's the same age as Spieth, same age as Justin Thomas, like great young generation of American players. But these guys are not moving the commercial needle, uh, as we obviously saw with Golf Channel's ratings. Yes. And speaking of Golf Channel's ratings, listen to this, listeners. Golf Channel, of course, dancing the happy jig, as is NBC, which owns Golf Channel, NBC Universal, issued this press release. Final round coverage, the best overnight rating at the Open, that is the British Open, in 18 years. The last time the rating for the final day of the British Open was this good? The year 2000, when, you guessed it, Tiger Woods completed the career Grand Slam by winning at St. Andrews. Tiger brings the ratings. And it's funny, I I saw a number of cynical tweets about this, and of course it's, you know, big rah-rah Tiger people who are a little bit, they've been overly hurt and offended by the anti-Tiger argument. So now I think they're overdoing the retort, but they're right. The, The general thinking is, They're tweeting things like, oh, remember when everyone said, why do you overcover Tiger Woods? Enough. The media is obsessed with Tiger Woods. Move on. He's done. Oh, yeah? And then look at these numbers. Look at these numbers. Right. And it's true. Although I I don't think those have to be mutually exclusive. I mean, my feeling is, yes, we know now 
Tiger brings ratings gold for golf. Tiger's great for golf. That's indisputable. That said, it, it is still possible, and I believe true, that the media did for a long time and still does over-obsess over coverage of him. Every little minute movement. I mean, no other player has, you know, tracker Twitter accounts, which, by the way, are so useful right. during these tournaments. But, you know, everything with his personal life and, and the bounce back and, you know, related to all that, I saw an interesting tweet today that said this is basically his third act. I mean, but, yeah. There, there was the greatness on the, on the course. Sure. Then there was the collapse, the downfall, starting with the personal infidelity scandal, but then a lot of other things, the injuries, you know, books about he tried to be a Navy SEAL, his various relationships, then the, the DUI or driving under the influence, but he wasn't drunk, he was on pills, then rehab. Now, maybe, it's a third act. I, uh, no, I think it's, it's like— it's underdog. I think it's a fifth act. Like, okay. Like, I, I think this is what people forget— about Tiger Woods, and um, and I read the latest biography that came out, which I thought was good, and I said to you you should read it because even though if you follow Tiger, you follow golf, you think you remember all these things. Mm. There were so many things in there that I was like, oh, oh, I forgot that happened, and I actually had really forgotten how much of a return he made to professional golf's top ranks from 2011 to 2013. I mean, in 2011, he contended at the Masters. In 2013, he won five times. He was the player of the year in 2013, back to world number one. That was kind of the third act for him. The second act now, was— no, no majors then, but yeah. No, but still. I mean, he was, um, he was the best player in the world only five years ago. Right. And then the back injury started acting up again, and then he kind of went through this whole spiral, and now he's back. And I think I you could almost he break had his— one comeback. You could break, yeah, you could break his career into essentially the Masters win, the first uh, kind of go-around getting the career Grand Slam up to 2000, which you referenced. Then he made the swing change in the mid-aughts, didn't really do much. Then from 2005 to 2008, he was once again the best player in the world. Rocco, then, Rocco Mediate. Right, yeah, beat Rocco Mediate, <laughs> broke his heart. Then he fell off after the personal problems. Then he came back in 2011, 2013. Then he got injured again, and it was pretty clear in 2015, 16 that he was probably never going to play yeah, again. People said that he's was done. pretty much it. And, and he didn't even see for a while there. It seemed like he didn't care about. He didn't care. Back. Yeah, he he was. I mean, he said as much so many times. Like he couldn't get out of bed because his back hurt so much. He just wanted to be comfortable living, let alone playing golf. Right. So he's as surprised as anybody that he's back playing at this level. So I think it's a yeah, fifth act. It's certainly. Bonus time as a golf fan, as a Tiger fan. Garbage time. This is the kind of stuff that you just never thought would be back. Um, and so does the golf media cover him too much? I mean, there's like, what else is there to cover in golf? <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like the golf media, the world of like the amount that the world cared about golf before Tiger Woods came along essentially did not register. It was like. There was professional bowling. There was professional golf. There was skateboarding. I mean, Tony Hawk was a big deal in the 90s. (laughs) Like, these are all the sports that were the contemporaries and are the contemporaries of golf. I think right now, esports is as popular as golf x Tiger Woods, right? If you do the adjusted interest in golf. Just imagine how good esports for golf video games. Well, right. And, uh, I mean, I'll be interested to see if EA Sports does another Tiger Woods game now. They haven't done that in a while. But I, I think, like... You know, Tiger Woods, there's no comparison in any other sport to someone who's as fundamental to the success of the sport at large. It's not LeBron James. It's like LeBron James times 20, right? It's not Michael Jordan. It's not Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Barry Bonds, any of these stars. Golf is nothing without Tiger Woods. And so his return to the game is the only story. There's nothing else right. about golf that is fundamentally interesting to someone who doesn't already care a lot about golf, if not for Tiger Woods' comeback. And so I think anyone should be encouraged to see the ratings yesterday. 
golf you know, broadcasters, CBS and NBC, obviously know that without Tiger Woods, you are not going to be having these sorts of press releases. Right. The future remains as uncertain now as it did two or three years ago. But I don't think crowing about, oh, people care too much about Tiger Woods is a legitimate complaint at all because there's Tiger and then there's everything else and everything else isn't that interesting. Let me ask you this, because there's an important distinction here. No one disputes the ratings are better when Tiger's playing, and they're especially good when he's actually competing, and he's in contention, and he might win the event. That's clear. But then a leap that I think a lot of people just say and take for granted that it's true, and they and they posit this. They say, oh, he's so good for golf, he's so good for golf, and he also stokes, you know, he, his return is helping to stoke interest in the game and popularity. Well, actually, let, let's be careful about assuming that. I mean... It's one thing for someone to to be scrolling through Twitter and they see that on a Sunday, oh my goodness, Tiger Woods is tied for the lead at the British Open. I wasn't going to watch, but but I'm home. I'm going to flip over. I'm, I'm going to sit down and watch now. Fine. But does that person who doesn't go around normally and say, I'm a big pro golf fan, does that person now decide to watch more golf in general because of that? I don't know. No. I'm a little more skeptical on so. that. I don't think so. I don't think so. If Tiger's I'm, in it, fine. But I don't think that person that now says... That was really fun. You know, I think I will make plans to watch the next major, the PGA Championship. Right. I mean, I would wonder, um, and obviously we're not going to have the information on on this data, but I would wonder what the rating or what the current viewers looked like after it became clear that Tiger wasn't going to win. Right. I right. Mean, I, now I that was only there was only what forty five more minutes after that. But yeah, I, w- I was listening. Um, no, there was a in good, the car. It was by, a good hour by hooking up the um, NBC. Right. You know, app to the car stereo, but yeah. Um, there was a good hour plus where it was obvious that right. he wasn't. He was out of it, but oh, and there was there was still. And he was think still of going. all the names that were still in contention. Forget Tiger for a sec. I mean, you can't forget him, but that was a great finish, regardless. Yeah. Of t- I mean, Kistner was in it. Chapel was in it. Now these also are more b- not big names, but I just mean all these guys suddenly. It was like, oh, and now this guy's tied for the lead. Okay. And then and then Rory out of nowhere. Rory's tied for the lead, and then oh, he sunk back. Bogey, goodbye. I mean, it, it was shift, 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 shift. Uh, but you're right. I guess it was about probably an hour, maybe a little bit more than an hour after it was clear that it wouldn't be Tiger when it still was not clear who could win. You know, Eddie Pepperell went into the clubhouse five under and it was like right now he's going to win it. And then up oh, uh, Justin Rose went in at six under. And we went goodbye Pepperell. OK, it's Justin Rose's to lose. Right. And then you had Shoffley and, um, you know. Uh, and Molinari. Molinari. But you okay. don't even remember that he won. Molinari. No, I mean, <laughs> look, this happens every time that we do version of this conversation, which is Tiger's ratings, what does he mean for the business, what, who else cares about that, and we talk about the most recent tournament, and you do the exact thing that you just did, which is you rattle off a bunch of people that no one gives a shit about. Right. right? And I say, but those are exciting, and you no. say, are they? Kevin Chappell? Right. Like, he's a good player. So what? Kevin Kisner, really nice player. Really good player. He almost yeah. won earlier this year. He's won a couple times on tour. Um, I think a lot of people on tour like him. The golf media certainly likes him. So what? You know, he's a pro golfer. He's made a lot of money uh, playing golf tournaments. He's going to win more money in the future. He's Kevin Streelman, top 30 player in the world, I think. But it's like, whatever. And so I think because the numbers have gotten so big, the purses these guys play for are so big. And the ratings are not good, but they're better than, like, whatever else CBS was going to put on <laughs> on Sunday afternoon anyway, that – it feeds this relative success of the sport mm. that, again, I think deludes a lot of people um, into believing that the sport has any chance of having long-term appeal 
among younger viewers, and there's simply nothing about the product, nothing about the product that would get a younger viewer interested if they weren't already predisposed to it via a sibling or via a parent or via a grandparent, right? right. There's nothing that a kid is going to say, oh, I want to watch golf now, right. except for Tiger Woods. Now, now let me uh, counter with just two things, and you can answer them together. So, so first, especially because you said kids, there's nothing that would make a kid excited. What about Ricky Fowler, who is so young and he wears the bright colors, and, and I think kids get excited about him. But before you answer, part two, the larger conversation here. You're right. You say uh, Chapel, Kisner, they're good players. Who cares? No one cares. That's fair. So now to go a little bit more macro, and we love talking about who's the face of a certain sport, who energizes the sport. Right. This same conversation is happening right now in baseball because Commissioner Rob Manfred said that basically some, someone asked, why isn't Mike Trout more famous and, and marketed more heavily? He's, the, he's clearly the best player. Real baseball nuts. They all love Trout. Yeah. But he's just not exciting and lively. And Manfred basically said, well, that's his fault, right? He, he basically said he's boring. I'm not, I don't have the verbatim quote, so I yeah. won't read it, but that's a fair summation of what Manfred said. He's boring. And then Trout had to issue a statement and say, hey, media, calm down. Manfred and I are fine. The commissioner and I are fine. I think he does a good job. I just want to play baseball and have fun. Fine. Now, <laughs> I heard the guys on uh, part of my take, the Barcelona Sports Podcast, joking that here was baseball with a chance for an actual scandal that could have been fun and could have energized people. You know, they should have agreed behind closed doors mm -hmm. to have Trout not say it's all fine and to act right. like there was a feud. But instead, they couldn't even do that. And Trout just says all nicely, no, we're good. And, of course, except for, you know, probably Angels fans, even people like baseball, they say, guess what? Shh, secret. He's right. Trout is boring. He's a great player who's boring. And people say, well, oh, that's not fair. But, you know, I guess I'm saying, well, where do you land on should a, should a pro golfer who is young and great have to also try to be charismatic and cool and interesting on social media off the course? I mean, I don't think Jordan Spieth is interesting at all. I think he's boring, but he's yes. a great player. And, and because he's great at such a young age and so consistently great, he's exciting to watch. But he's certainly not cool or interesting, but he probably doesn't care about doing that. He just wants to play golf. He's boring and make money and be good, um, right? I okay, mean, so, right, right, right. so who's the onus on here? Okay, fine. So let's do the first thing. Ricky Fowler, like that is a thing that golf is trying to make happen, and it's it's not. <laughs> it's just not. I'm sorry. Like, it's not. And when I was watching the telecast on Saturday, as he teed off, NBC continued to push this line about how great it would be. I think it was Tariko who was saying it, how great it would be for the sport if Ricky were to finally break through and get his win. And it's like... Um, and you know the podcast that I like quite a bit, No Laying Up. They always they have one guy on there, Big Randy, who we should probably we should get them on this show to talk about golf sometime. But he is like a you know his his whole shtick is he's anti Ricky, right? But he said this a couple weeks ago. He was like, you know who Ricky would, you know whose career Ricky would kill to have right now, Martin Keimer, who <laughs> is a guy that no one cares about, no right. one thinks about, but has two majors. He has 15 international totally. wins. He was ranked number one in the world for a little while. Like Martin Keimer, really good player, irrelevant guy, and so totally. this notion or that Brit of, who just won a major too. Who am I thinking of? Sometime in the last two years, young British guy, but no one cares. British guy in the last two yeah. years? Oh yeah, Justin Rose? No, no, no. All right. Anyway, no, I don't know who you're talking about. Oh, so who's uh, won the last few, the last eight majors? It's all been know? Americans. That's why I'm confused. Oh, okay. Because if you go back in time, it was Kepka, then it was Reed, then it was Thomas, then it was Spieth, then then it was Kepka. Sergio, no, 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 no. go back. None of those. It was, Maybe it was Masters. Uh, let's see. Then it was Jimmy around. Walker. The Open in 2016 was Henrik Stenson. The U.S. Open in 2016 was... Uh, I forget. Anyway, um, so the onus is not on the player. Or the 
or the I mean, sport. Is it I mean, on the PGA Tour. I don't know. I don't know. So when you were talking, I pulled out the Manfred quote, which is actually much more brutal than you, than you, he's boring. Than, than okay, you said. Wait, let's hear it. So he goes. He goes. Mike referencing Mike Trout. This is Rob Manfred, Commissioner of Baseball. Mike has made decisions on what he wants to do, doesn't want to do, how he wants to spend his free time or not spend his free time. I think we could help him make his brand very big, but he has to make a decision to engage. It takes time and effort. Basically wow. saying he's lazy. And wow, yeah. um, I think modern sports and the Danny fame, Willett is who I was thinking of. Danny Willett won the and Masters in 2016. Thank you. Right? Danny yeah. Willett. Yep. Um, Manfred. Famous pro athletes are a new thing. I don't think people realize how new it is. Uh, so hold on, hold on. I'm gonna walk through the. My, I'm gonna walk through the take. Basically, the NFL kind of came of age in, in to an extent in the 70s and 80s, and I think that you know kind of Joe Montana and the nine. Well, you had the Cowboys, the Steelers, then the Niners were the the, Namath. the brands. Yeah, Namath and whatever. And that that stuff gets lionized more in hindsight. I think at the time it was still kind of like whatever. Um, you know, remember, there's a lot going on in the 60s sure. uh, that was not yeah. relevant to football, right? right? I think culture was mo- much more in politics, more right. important. So let's say the NFL kind of comes of age uh, in its modern sense with the Jerry Jones Cowboys. And yep. from there, you get, you know, Peyton Manning sure. and, and the 90s. Tom Brady and all these, the, the modern NFL yep. as we know. NFL dominated the late 90s. Right. But we kind of back our way into thinking that Peyton Manning is interesting because he was the best player and he maybe made some funny jokes that oh, were no, he scripted was, yeah. in a commercial. But right. I'm saying no, he was never that, interesting, became, yeah, that became a field. narrative. Yep. Basketball comes of age as Michael Jordan gets good, right? And Michael Jordan has the shoes and the commercials. But what was the hook with both those guys? I want to be like Mike. No, the hook was that they were both the best player in the league. Yes. Right? And then you backed your way into making an right. argument Correct. that they were actually personable and whatever. Now That's Le- why it has to be Aaron Judge. Now, LeBron's a little bit different. I mean, he's he was aware of sort of how things would go from a very young age, and he has miraculously lived up to every expectation and exceeded it both as a player and then off the court as a person. And he's a unicorn, right? You can't say, oh, every sport is waiting for LeBron. And then Tiger comes along. And, you know, Earl, his father, has the whole vision for what Tiger's going to be. He works with Nike very closely. And guess what? Like LeBron, like Michael Jordan, like Peyton Manning, Tiger's the best. And he's the best by a really wide margin. And so we back our way into being like, oh, well, is, the, is he personable? Is he interesting? Do we need athletes that are personable? It's like there's no one who's the best in golf right now, so no one cares. People like greatness and we make the excuse right. that the personality is. And also, Tiger wasn't personable. Let's not forget. Of course. His, his, right. Mark that Steinberg was famously had him behind a wall. Yes. He didn't do any press, didn't talk to anyone, didn't do interviews. It was, was completely his, in secret. He it lived was in his secret. ruthlessness as a yes. competitor yes. that gave the illusion of he's a personality I want to be like. Now, when you say, though, it has to be the you start with the best in the sport, and then you try to make them personable yes. and interesting. So wouldn't that be Spieth? Yes. Well, and and I, I mean, I, I think that... Whose he, job is it to make Jordan Spieth more exciting and cool? Probably Under Armour's job. Right? They've they have not done it. They have not done they it. They have not done it. And, but I but but to to be fair to both Spieth and Under Armour, he's probably the best young player I think. But remember, LeBron, Tiger, Michael, these guys were the best by a lot. Like they were the best best. Tiger came on the scene, and within three years, it was like, is this kid the best player of all time? Jordan Spieth comes on the scene. It's like, okay, well, he's probably the best player of his generation, the best player among his peers. He's won three major tournaments. It's a big deal. He's probably going to win more. 
But no one looks at Jordan Spieth or Justin Thomas or, you know, whoever and says, oh, that's Jack Nicklaus. Right. That's Tiger Woods. Right. right? That, that kid has Player, not come Palmer, along. Player, Palmer, Nicklaus. Right. That kid hasn't come along. Um, and that's fine. You know, that's just the way sports go. But I think we trick ourselves into believing that the sport, the health of the sport, is not subject to the random breaks of who comes along. I mean, yep. international soccer in the U.S. benefited from David Beckham. And we don't have to debate whether Beckham was actually good or not or if Ronaldo was better. Who cares? David Beckham was good enough, and he's sold and hot. in, a U- in helped, the U.S. It helped right. that he's hot. And he had yep. you know, the hot wife and the hot, whole thing hot going guy, on. Hot wife, and yeah. he was good. Yep. And, uh, and, and yeah. so that's how that worked. Yeah, and good luck to Spieth if that's the yardstick. Right. So the baseball thing, I, I, you know, I guess I'm now finding myself um, defending Rob Manfred because I can go on Baseball Reference and find out that Mike Trout actually is the best player since Willie Mays. Right, Mike Trout is literally Willie Mays, and he's boring and uninteresting. And I if think, I was Rob I think Manfred, being on the Angels doesn't help. Well, if I was Rob Manfred, I would make the Angels trade him. Right, because he needs yep. get, get that team. guy in New York. But yep. uh, but yeah, I mean, people respond to greatness. Yep. And yep. Um, I sort of wonder if we're not heading into a period um, with you know kind of the state of politics in the U.S. Right, Trump is the president. We have a celebrity president, and a lot of people are upset about that. Driven. Everyone is like hyper charged up right now. One wonders if the energy for being passionate about sports won't exist for the next five, ten years in the way that it did uh, during the Clinton. Yes, and, and I would say years. that's not about Trump. That's about the fragmentation of cable and, and live sports viewership. Oh, no, yes. I, I, yeah, okay. But let's but let's I, no, ra- but, well. no, but the reason I think it's about Trump. I mean, let's talk about we're going to talk about the NFL in a couple weeks here. Yeah. Um, I mean that that story is oh, he is, is all about Trump. Uh, pwned the NFL. Yeah. Right. So I mean, I don't think it's unreasonable to be like you know, the excess capacity, the excess emotional interest that people channeled into their sports teams was a result of fairly placid politics and economic times. Yes. And that's obviously not the case right uh, now. I see the argument you're making. Yep, yep. Like, I just don't think that people care as much about the Jets right now because there's other things going on. Right. And then I, Yeah, and, I think it's hard to— the yeah. trend. Yeah, it's it's funny too because you bring up the NFL quickly. I saw a promo from NBC for Sunday oh, Night Football. I'm excited. And it, I'm well, excited. And I got really excited for a second. Mm-hmm. And I, I was I thought, yeah. And it was players saying, "This is Sunday night. This is big." Devin McCourty of the Pats turns around, and goes, "This is Sunday night." And I thought, yeah. And then very quickly, I remembered, oh wait, the whole season will be ruined by politics and kneeling and, and political <laughs> debate. So, so right. yeah, I'm good. It's gonna be another season of that. Right. So we um, will we will talk about it on this podcast. Uh, you and I can yes. keep talking about golf and Tiger for an hour, but yeah, we I feel won't. like uh, I feel like I wanted to talk about Tiger more. There's lots no, of things no. I want to talk about his game. I want to talk about his, his putter change. I no, think it's a big no. difference. Yeah, we'll talk um, about it more. His on iron play was really sharp. His distance control was excellent. Mm. You know, all these sorts of things. Yeah, totally. But I know you well, don't well, actually let, want to talk about golf. Well, let, well, let me wrap by asking you this though, which of course is everyone's favorite Tiger plus golf related question. And you know, for a few years there, as you say, when he was injured and not playing. People's answer to the question would be, it became contrarian to say anything other than zero. But now I think it's hard to, to say as definitively and confidently, oh, zero. The question being, yeah. can he win any more majors? He's got 14. The record is 18. Can he win any more? And I'll go first because it's easy. I mean, after watching the British Open this year, I think absolutely. Four more? No. But one more? Sure. Yeah. I agree. Um, and, and I would say that the simple, I mean, look at who made the cut and who didn't. Dustin Johnson, Jordan, uh, excuse me, Justin, uh, Dustin Johnson, Justin Thomas, yep. both missed the cut, right? One in two players in the world. Why did they miss the cut? Because the course got the better of them. They weren't prepared. They didn't adapt their games enough to make the cut so they could make a run. Tiger went in. He said, I don't yeah, know perfect, what I've got. Right. I don't know what I have. 
I'm going to make sure I get myself to the weekend. He didn't get himself in the position he wanted, but he at least was alive. 66 Saturday, was in the mix on Sunday. And that's the kind of competitive framing that he does that not a lot of guys have the ability to do. And so he indicated to me that he's going to make the cut at almost every major or get pretty darn close. Mm -hmm. And if you make the cut, you've got a chance. And And that, by the way, for all the negativity about, oh, people don't care, that's what I love about following this sport is how, is how every time Sunday could be anyone's game. Right. Yes, there are five or six or seven or eight names that always seem to be in the mix. Yes. And yet every time, one or two of those big top names aren't. Right. So it, it yeah, sort speed, of feels speed like it's shot. always anyone's game. Speed shoots 76 yesterday, right? Well, and that's so funny. Speeth really was in it, and yet it didn't feel like it was really it, like it was about Speeth. Well, he, I mean, he. Same with the, Rory. It was the, like, the, oh, the right, Rory's groups, still in it. The two groups behind Tiger. They, they all came out and immediately gave back three shots. Yeah. Right? They all came on the course at nine under, and you blinked, and they were at six. Right. So they just and that's pissed so that cool, away. Though, the constant shuffling. No, I know, but you're right. That's why it didn't feel like his day. Rearranging the names. Came yeah. out and just pissed it away. But, yeah, totally. I think um, – I, I guess I would say he probably won't win another major, but he'll probably be in the mix a half dozen more times. What if you, what if you were betting money on one more or zero more? I would bet on zero. Oh, I would bet on one now. I'm convinced after really? watching him yesterday. Just yeah. one more. I bet on zero only because since Tiger stopped kind of doing his thing, right, like, like 05 it sort of ended um, where he was winning all the time, uh, the number of people who have multiple majors is insanely small. It's Phil. Mm. Bubba, Wat- Bubba Watson has two masters. Rory has four majors. Spieth has three. And that's basically it. Rory has more than Spieth? I didn't realize that. That's still the case? Rory hasn't won since 2014. Right. He kind of ripped out and and did a bunch of them. Zach Johnson has two majors. Yeah. Oh, ZJ's great. But, like... I'll tell you who will win more majors. Spieth. Uh, For sure. Oh, for sure. I mean, that's... Uh, Like, many more. Yeah, you want to talk about the the golf nerd discussion? Well, I'm sure in Vegas, if if you do odds on current active golfers, who 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 that is currently active will win the most in the next 10 years. It's right. got to be Spieth. Well, you know, the, kind of to the golf side of it, um, people always say, like, oh, who's the best golfer, blah, blah, blah. I mean, DJ has all the tools. Justin Thomas looks good. Give me Spieth. Yeah. Like, like, he right. is, he's a killer. Mental focus. And he is the best of that crop, and I think he'll probably end up winning somewhere between six and ten majors when yep. he's all done because he he has the goods. And uh, Dustin Johnson looks pretty while he plays golf, and he hits amazing golf shots, and everyone wants to be DJ, but no, Spieth, is, Spieth is a killer. Yeah, and actually, weirdly— People who play golf want Weirdly, to be as a fan, DJ does nothing for me. Well, there's just, there's a guy lopes. who could be charismatic. Oh, and the, have you and ever the, you've the seen Pauline interviews Gretzky with him, right? relationship and, and the, the facial hair, and he's young and tall and cool. Just not—yeah, it's seen interviews just not with there. Him, right? Yeah, I guess. No, I'm just saying, like, he, he like, mopes around the course, yeah, and boring, people say, boring. oh, DJ, what did you do? He's like, oh, you know, just hit a— He could have been a bad boy of golf. He had the Coke stuff. Right. Could have been a bad boy it, of golf like John a, Daly. It was nope. a hilarious video. Basically, his charisma comes out in this one video. It's of him from, like, I'd say, 05, 06. It's on YouTube. And it's him. You know, a lot of golfers have videos of them on YouTube with their equipment sponsor. And they do, like, this little shoot. And it's like, sure. teach people how to do Trick this. Trick shots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he's standing on a fairway. And it's like, I know, how do you cut, uh, how do you cut a three-wood, right? And so he's standing there. He's over the ball. And he's like, okay, well, you know, when you're, when you're, hit, when you're cutting the ball, right, you want to work it from left to right. So you just kind of want to swing it, you know, a little more inside out, which most people don't even know what that means. And he's like, so you just, you know, you go up and uh, you just, 
you just cut it, and then he hits it, and it's a screaming 270-yard <laughs> cut shot. It's the best golf shot you've ever seen. And he just turns around, and he's like, you know, just just uh, kind of like that. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you, Sam. Now, in fairness, most great athletes can't really explain why they sure. do what they do. Sure. But his level of interest and his charisma in in explaining this is only funny if you realize how boring and how uninformative it is and right. you find charm in that. You can't actually be like, oh, he's engaging. Oh, it's so great. He's like, just just cut it. Well, we'll revisit golf uh, right after the final major of the year. When is that, Miles? Three weeks away? That's in three weeks, yeah. Okay, we'll be talking about it. It's in August. Where is that played? That'll be at Belle Reve Country Club this year. I was about to say Whistling Straits. That was something. PGA is is, is typically the worst major. Um, Right. Why is that, though? Well, because so it's a PGA event. Uh, the PGA Tour likes to set up their golf courses, make them mm-hmm. very green, very lush, sure. very gettable. Um, basically, just you know, long course. So guys tight are going to be like twelve under long rough. Well, I mean, they'll be like yeah, ten, twelve. But you know, this is just a nice country club that it's played at. So the the course isn't particularly compelling. Mm-hmm. It's just going to be long. The rough will be long. The fairways will be tight. And John Rahm and Dustin Johnson and Justin Thomas will all do well because they right. hit the ball 380 yards. They hit it <laughs> sure. straight, and sure. they're going to hit wedges into all the greens. You know, Jason Day. Right. There's nothing interesting. Yeah, exactly. Jason yep. Day will do well. Bubba Watson will do well. There's nothing interesting about the course, um, which is sort of the story of the PGA Tour on a week-to-week basis. There's another so, guy, by the way, who didn't come up in our conversation but who I, I thought for a little while, oh, he could be excited. Bubba? No, Jason Day. Oh, Young, God, cool. No. no, so Bubba could be. No, so yeah, so no. I think Bubba could be interesting. Jason Day is another boring guy. Bubba already should have been. If he was going to be interesting and exciting and energize people and bring new fans to golf, it would have happened because he's right. he sort of had his time and now he's back having it again. Yeah, and yeah, he wins a lot and yet no one's. It's just not. I'll be interested to see how the uh, playoff shakes out for him. Yep. But yeah, PGA kind of an uninspiring uh, championship. And next year it'll be at Bethpage here in New York. We should go to that. There we go. Uh, and it's moving up to May. Because remember, Great. the golf season yes, next year will exactly. end before the NFL season exactly. starts. Yep. That's good. That's smart. We could do a whole podcast in the fall about the change of the golf season. We will. Maybe we'll just talk about golf every week. We really should. I I'd mean, like to, I'd like to I don't see know the what numbers. the listener numbers are like, <laughs> but, I, but I, <laughs> I, can't imagine, <laughs> I can't imagine that golf would necessarily move the needle less. If you think about the core Yahoo right. Finance reader listener, they're probably more interested in golf than they are interested in sure. baseball or basketball. Or, right, endorsement deals, yeah. But I wonder if the core Yahoo Finance reader is the same as the core Sportsbook Podcast listener. I have a feeling the Sportsbook Podcast listeners are a little younger. But I'm only going by my three good friends in Ireland who tell me they listen every week. No, so. but I think that's what only because guys? younger people listen to podcasts. But I think that the yeah. But I still think that among that group, golf would probably mm. be something that they're going to be more interested in on average mm. than your average young person who's listening to podcasts. Yes. Right, they're more interested in golf than the average young person, but that doesn't mean they're more interested in golf than they are in the NBA. You know, maybe the NBA is the bad example. Maybe, maybe base certainly more than baseball. Oh, sorry, yeah, right, one, right. yeah, one would imagine, yes. and uh, and maybe more than the NFL. Well, slancha to my friends in Dublin. Thank you, Miles Udland, for another great golf podcast. We'll be back next week. We're back every Thursday, as I hope you know by now. We come out on Thursday mornings. We're on every podcast platform. Remember to do us a favor and rate, review, and subscribe. See you next time. Goodbye.